Welcome in. The Jags find a way to win in week one in Indy. You guys, what was the biggest play for you in yesterday's game? Jamal Agnew has to be the biggest play of the game, right? The big punt return could have been inside the 10, and then it ends up positive territory. Jags turn into the go-ahead touchdown. Don't forget about the forgotten guy in this offense all offseason, Zay Jones. An amazing catch, and if he doesn't make that catch, all of a sudden the score and the tone of that game is different for a couple quarters. Welcome into Jags AM, our first Victory Monday Jags AM. Brian's not with us today. Brent Martineau stepping in. We appreciate you, John Ozier, here as always. I'm sure going to point out that he was correct about how the game was going to play out. We'll let you get to that in a little bit. <laughs> I know you're just chomping at the bit to tell us you were right. Um, but we're presented by CarShield here today, and we're in the Hyundai studios. We're just this is good. I was excited to finally talk about some football, and I think we all predicted a Jags win. I don't think we predicted it in that manner, Brent. Are, were you surprised by how things played out, or is it just a week one thing? For you? I do think week one is weird, so you got to expect the unexpected, but I don't think any of us thought the Jaguars' defense was going to steal the show for the last eight months. Nobody was talking about the Jags' defense. All of a sudden, it stole the show. I thought the Jags' defense would play better this season because they would be in the lead. Yes. It wasn't necessarily the case. They had to actually keep the Jags' offense mm -hmm. in the game. That's what was so different. Well, I read both of your previews for the final analysis that we do on Jaguars.com. And I kind of thought we all were in agreement that it would be a game where the fans were expecting this blowout wings. You'd heard so much about this team. And I think we all thought there'd be week one. There'd be some Anthony Richardson big plays. There'd be some weirdness. You don't get weirder than DeForest Buckner. Yeah. Um, so I guess I wasn't surprised at all the way it played out. And I'm getting a lot of angst in my <laughs> inbox and people just, you know, and where are we, Brent, when you score 31 and you're criticizing the play calling? You win by 10 with a weird defensive touchdown on the other side. So you, maybe you should have won by 17, and people are mad. It's, it's a new era, Jaguar. I mean, it's, it really it's, is. Think about the years, Brent, when it would have been cartwheels over that game. I'm guilty of it too, John, because that game did not feel rhythmic, great stuff we've seen in the preseason. And you look up at the end of the day, and they have 31 points. Like, I okay, I'll stop. Tweeting. Well, I think that's important, though. I mean, <laughs> the fact that they can do that and not feel like they're in tune uh, or in sync, if you will, it does show you the expectations on this team. And I think it's important for a team not to be able to play well. And because they said it was sloppy, mm -hmm. uh, and and still put up 31, and still feel it never got out of hand, and they pulled away at the end. So uh, that was an. I said to somebody last year after the Washington game, you know, that was a good NFL loss. We had so many bad losses here in the past. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden after that Washington game, you felt like they were going to be okay. They were planned well. Yesterday was a good NFL win. Yeah, it was. I you know, because you could have lost it. Polar opposites, those two openers. And I think it shows you how far they've come. I don't feel, I don't know if Kai knows this because I said it to her on Jaguars All Access. She's coming in at a good time. I I'm not sure Doug well. Peterson realizes this. This is not a game the Jags win no. over the last 15 years. They do not make plays in the fourth quarter to win. We are still getting used to that around here. Let's go over some of the big things because we're touching on them a little bit. But big thing number one is 
good teams find a way because they do, as we've mentioned here. Good teams find a way to win. And you said this before, the Jags haven't found a way to win in the past, but now they're a good team and they found that way. I think at one point they went for it on fourth down. John, we were discussing it in the press box. You're like, maybe take the points, maybe don't go for it. And Doug Peterson, he's all about it. He's got that, I don't know, he's got that gut. He's ready to go. He'll stomach whatever that ending of that play was going to be, but end up working out. So he looks very, very smart. But they found a way to win. You have to, you have to rely on that and feel a little bit good about how, that, how things ended up, John. Yeah, I think you feel a lot good. The, uh, the sequence we were talking about was, was when the Jags had the ball down 21-17. Yeah. Yep. And it was fourth down within field goal range. At that time, the conventional wisdom, old days, which Doug Peterson's not a conventional wisdom, old days coach, no. I would have kicked a field goal, gotten within one, with the idea that at that point, the Colts, after their touchdown to Michael Pittman, had 27 yards until that final drive when it was sort of mop-up time. Mm-hmm. The defense was stopping him, and Anthony Richardson was not going to move that. So I thought, kick the field goal, stop him, get another field goal, and, and you probably win the game. Doug doesn't think that way. And, as I told Kai, I said, that's why he lives where he lives and I live in Springfield. <laughs> they pay him the big bucks for that, for sure. Um, our big thing, number two, we're going to talk about the defense. We touched on that a little bit. They kind of saved the day. We've been giving them, you know, a lot of people been complaining about the pass rush. How are they going to get to it? Josh Allen said, I got this myself. He had three tackles for loss, three sacks. What did he have? Seven sacks all of last year. So he's clearly above pace already after game one. Brent, he looked like a man on fire out there. Yeah, he was a monster. The play, he's not going to get a lot of credit or enough credit. I've already seen people say, well, he ran Richardson out of bounds. It's like, he ran Richardson out of bounds. Go back and look at that play. And I'm telling you, guys that are elite in this league don't make that play. And he made some others too. He was terrific. But, John, I think we've got to give credit to the secondary here because Mm -hmm. some of those sacks were coverage sacks. Anthony Richardson didn't like what he saw. had to escape the pocket or stay in the pocket. I think... The unsung hero of this game is really the secondary of the Jaguars. Not that they're electric on the outside. They did their job. They did it well. They allowed the Jags to eat up front a little bit when they had to. Yeah, I thought there was some coverage rookie quarterback sacks. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, they had four against somebody who's not as unbelievably strong as this kid. They probably have seven because they were on him a lot. So... Uh, however those numbers work out, you take sacks where you can get them through the year because you miss so many that are so close. They'll take the four they got yesterday. Um, in, impressive defensive effort, I thought, if, if you focused on one thing, they stopped him four or five times on fourth down. Uh, against the old school conservative old man in me, Brent, this has become a fourth down league, yeah. especially yes. with coaches, you know, uh, Peterson and Sykin, uh, Sykins out of that Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, school that goes forward a lot. Stop on fourth down, it, in, in some games, it's become the new third down. Yeah, money's down. money downs were bad for both teams, by the way. Seven of 32 Yeah, it wasn't combined. a good look. It wasn't a good look. Our last big thing uh, off the top is going to be O-line, because going into training camp, we thought the offensive line was going to be a strong suit, maybe the deepest section of this team, but they looked tough at times yesterday, and, and Brandon Sheriff also had an injury. Um, John, what what's going on with the O line? Is this something they can figure out? Is this an off thing? Is this a game one thing? What were, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think thing to remember, uh, offensive line can be tough in the opener because just like with other parts of the uh, of the coaching staff, defenses scheme all season for like this one game, and 
they do things you don't expect. The other thing to remember is, as Trevor Lawrence said after the game, the interior of the Colts uh, defense is their strength. It's one of the best in the league. And I think we sort of overlooked, I even said it last week, well, DeForest Buckner, you should be able to stop a defensive tackle. Yeah. Well, he's an all-pro defensive tackle. And he's really good, and that's the strength. And Gus is a good, experienced defensive coordinator. They're a defense that still believes, you know, week one's so tough, I've always thought, because nobody believes they're bad yet. Mm. Nobody has any negatives to believe, well, we're not going to be good this year. By week eight or nine, teams sort of know what they are, Mm -hmm. so they know they're not going to win certain games. Um, The Colts weren't feeling that, so they thought they were going to win the game. Um, I'm not overly worried about the offensive line because I believe Phil Rash is going to figure this out. I believe they were okay last year. I think it's going to be fine going forward, but I'm sort of in the minority. Everybody's concerned about it. Yeah, I think I'll tell you why I'm mostly concerned about it in a second, but I think also the Colts don't always come across as this physical team. We've covered them for a long Mm -hmm. time around here. The Titans, different story. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, those are the teams you think physical. Jags got whooped up front. I mean, that defensive front really did a number on the Jags. Even on the good plays, Trevor's running for his life a little bit and making Mm -hmm. something happen with his legs. Here's where I'm concerned about the offensive line. They are banged up quietly, right? Mm -hmm. Walker Little didn't play that last preseason game against Miami. He was nursing a slight groin thing. He had a tough couple of series at one time uh, in this football game. You look at a guy like Harrison, who... Also had some tough moments. Shoulder, right? Sheriff, now with Mm -hmm. the injury. So they're not, well, Sheriff could be a little more than minor, but they're battling some things. One caveat, hit me last night at like 11 o'clock, which means I think too much about the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) Remember last year against Washington in the opener? They were terrible Mm -hmm. in the opener, the offensive line. I think there were 40 drop back passes in that game Mm -hmm. and Trevor got uh, hurried 20 times. So 50% yeah. rate. They did not play well. They went out to play very well. So Rauscher, to your point, and company yeah. got better as the season went along. They also did okay, and I don't want to grade on a curve, but they did okay in spots. Good protection on the Zay Jones touchdown. Yep. And don't forget, it, it's hard to run in this league. They stuck with it, and by the fourth quarter when they needed it, it, it was there. And, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet, I overlooked him because I was on the Bigsby train all, all preseason. <laughs> Travis. ETN's good. And that last run, you know, I had some fans say, well, they didn't run the ball. If you watch that last run, Travis ETN had a nice run on that. And he, he uh, we had talked about him as a dark horse for MVP outside of Trevor. Uh, that's not nothing. He's, he's, He's got it this year. He had like over 100 yards of total offense. Which it didn't I, feel like I that. I did not overlook him. I love the guy. Yeah. And I think he's one of the most underrated players in the National Football League coming off of last year. Simply put, I mean, he's a weapon. they got to utilize him more. I thought they should have screen-gamed them a little bit more, in fact, yesterday. And it's odd to think about Travis having 100 quiet yards. I, I was stunned when I looked at it, and he had over 100 total yards. But he got it in workmanlike fashion. Yeah. Uh, if he's getting yards in workmanlike fashion, he's going to have a monster year because the huge plays are going to come for him. Absolutely, as we saw at the end of the game yesterday. All right, coming up, we're going to go over all the highlights from yesterday's game, including one of the weirdest plays I've seen in professional football. So we'll be right back. Move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport voted coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com. All right, we're back here on Jags AM, Victory Monday. Good times for us. Uh, we're going to go over some of the highlights because it was a weird one um, and if, a lot of emotions, ups and downs <laughs> for sure. Um, but starting out early, we saw exactly what we wanted to see between 
Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley because Calvin Ridley's just doing Calvin Ridley things because he, of course, had to find Calvin Ridley in the back of the end zone for the first touchdown of the game and the first touchdown for Ridley in a while, Brent, were you surprised that they had that connection right off the bat? Not really. I, I, I mean, we talked about it all week. I thought they'd actually kill the out route much more, but Gus and the defense kind of took that away. This is a tremendous play. But again, he has to run away from pressure. And if you watch the end zone angle of this, it looks like he almost throws a no-look pass to Ridley because Brenton Strange is wide open. So then the defender know, ends up, up over there jumping the Brenton Strange part of this. Okay, well, a let's, terrific throw. Let's be fair. He ran away from pressure, but he had already been in the pocket like four seconds at that yeah, point. Yeah, so yeah. I know you're banging the offensive line this week, but, <laughs> but I thought the offensive line was fine on that. What happened is he was looking for Ingram, and they had it covered. Trey made a great play getting back around. was never really pressured on the play. Um, here's what's striking. 100 yards and a touchdown for Ridley, and you sort of felt after the game, well, he could have a lot more. Yeah, well, he had seven in the first half, right? Yeah, so yards and points uh, on the field for sure. There, you know, and I'm getting emails. Why didn't they use Christian? Well, you can't use everybody. Um, Every game. This offense, I think, had 320 yesterday. Uh, there are going to be weeks where this thing gets going. You saw flashes of it, and it's going to be a share of the wealth. And we talked about people that were going to benefit from, you know, that coverage on Ridley's A. Jones. He had a day yesterday mm -hmm. and one of the prettiest catches I've seen in quite some time in that back of the end zone going down and getting it with one hand. I know you talked to Zay on the Ozone podcast, John, and he's excited for the role he plays, whatever role that's going to be. Well, and he, he's good in that role because he's really dangerous. If, if, if you double Ridley or if you take other things away, uh, he can sure beat single coverage whenever he has it. I thought this play, um, you know, don't discount a couple of throws that Trevor Lawrence made mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. This one, the one down oh. the sidelines uh, to Ingram. Uh, quietly, Trevor Lawrence's talent in this game and his status, I think, as a top 10 quarterback now in rising, uh, was a big difference between the two quarterbacks who uh, Richardson couldn't make those throws. In the NFL, those things matter. Kyle, I also think it shows a lot of trust, too, because that mm -hmm. play showed trust to get it to Zay Jones. Early before the Ridley touchdown is a 24-yard play, he kind of just throws up to him and says, hey, I'm going to go make it, yep. a play, right? It's a good yeah. throw and everything. But it was reminiscent of that Miami game where he threw the one down the sideline to him. Right. He's starting to trust these guys, and really, he trusts himself. You can't win if you don't have that in the NFL between quarterback and receiver. It's a good sign that there were three or four plays like that yesterday. Uh, let's go to the, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in professional football, because why not? DeForest Buckner, who we did talk about but clearly did not give enough credit to that – so obviously they called it a fumble like, you know you could think at first maybe it was an incomplete pass but everybody stopped and, and I think one of the first things Doug said after the game was we talk about this every single Thursday you play to the whistle you, you just always play until things are dead dead the play is over and they did it and unfortunately that's just a little bit of a mental mistake there Brent do you play make much of it or do you think it's just a hey one off we're not going to see that again maybe there was two rookies on that side involved in it and it just wasn't you know, they just didn't fall through on it. Yeah, I think you see this from time to time in the league where it's just one of these wacky plays. I, I, I think it's a nothing play at the end of the day. One, because you won and overcame it. And two, yeah. because I don't think we're going to see it again. So I'm not really sure, like, that, yeah, it's a learning point if you're coach, all that stuff, play through the whistle. I actually think it might even be a play that the NFL wants to look at. The play's done. He's given himself up. And, yeah. and should the play still be active? But I don't know how you officiate that if not. I mean... You got to play to the end of the whistle, all that stuff. But everyone on the field, it wasn't just Tank Bigsby. Right. No, Most everybody on the field, even DeForest Buckner, thought it was incomplete. Right. Alert. <laughs> give uh, 
I'm drawing a blank on the linebacker's name who forced it out. Oh, was it Franklin? He played, re- yeah. 44? Yeah. Played really well yesterday. Um, if that ball, you know, everybody's killing Tank Bigsby because he had the, the drop in the first half that was a tough, you know, and he, and he had this one. My guess is if that ball had bounced to 10 other Jaguars, probably eight of them do the same thing. It looked like Evan knew what was going on because uh, he was sort of uh, still trying to follow the ball. Most Colts did. Um, it flashed in my mind that they might stop it for, for giving himself up. I think had he been on the ground, yeah, that might have had a little bit more. Looking back at the play, I watched it again last night, I, I, I don't know how else the officials could have correctly officiated it under how it is now. Because since he wasn't on the ground, he wasn't as much giving himself up. But it, again, you watch this game for 30 years, you think you've seen everything, and invariably <laughs> once a week, you see something where you, you think, oh, that's why officiating's hard. Yeah, at the end of the day, this was Miles Jack's fault. They let everything it, go it, now. It, yeah, well, what's <laughs> the point to that? You guys yeah. got what you wanted. That's <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> All right, let's move things forward, because this is a turning point, just this drive as a whole. Um, it started with Agnew's return, right? He hadn't been getting a ton. Uh, we obviously know he's capable, but he chose to run this one back, goes across the field, gets a huge return out of it. And I really felt the momentum change, because before that, you were kind of like, uh, what are we doing? Like. It didn't feel great, and then this huge momentum turner that on fourth down they go to Zay Jones to get to get the first down, and then these two back-to-back plays from Tank Bigsby, who they did not shy away from. I mean, maybe he made some had some rookie moments, but they went to him after that, and they pushed him down to the one-yard line, and then Trevor follows him in for the score right after this, and just showing that trust, Brent, in in a rookies where you know maybe they're not doing everything you want, but if you're going to play a rookie, you got to let them have those moments. Listen, I don't know if they win the game if they have starting the ball at the five or seven or ten yard line. I mean, in fact, I don't think they do. The way the offense was sputtering, not going 90 yards in that football game. I also think the play, well, fourth and two is going to be the most underrated play of the game because it's a nice job by Trevor to find Zay and obviously the call to go for it. But this is the play because the offensive line wasn't great yesterday. Tank Bigsby wasn't great yesterday. But in this moment, they all were awesome. Yeah, and I give Brenton Strange some credit here, too. Uh, basically got it. It was like he gets his hands around Bigsby's waist and said, okay, we're going so in. Let's bro. go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a strange is a rookie, too. Fellow rookie. Um, yeah. Again, this drive, that Zay Jones play, um, I'm 57, Brent, so I'm probably not going to change my old man ways. <laughs> yeah, you look pretty good, though. Uh, that is not a play that you – was it yesterday? Eight first down attempts? I mean, eight first down attempts on fourth down. Yeah. Yep. It got routine there for a minute. So it's routine to go for that. Yep. You go for that. That's high risk. A lot of old coaches are rolling in their graves saying, how in the world don't you kick a field goal there? You've got Richardson on his heels. You probably kick and get it back at your own 40. You trust your kicker. Not today. I don't know if it was confidence in the offense or lack of confidence in the I offense. I almost think it was the reverse. It was like, they, we don't know if we're going to get another chance. we got to go yeah, for it. Yeah, or this. a chance that good, right? Yep. Because when you get a turnover or a return, mm-hmm. which essentially was like a turnover mm-hmm. from Agnew, you want to take advantage of it and yes. make sure you get something out of it so you can easily see kicking. Well, that's the way Doug but, Peterson believes, no doubt. He is going to go for it on the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, and yeah. I, listen, we don't mind. and Nobody in Jacksonville minds that anymore because no. they're confident right. in it too. And like I was all right with the fourth and two because I was pretty confident they can get two yards all the time even though it wasn't easy yesterday. No, I'll confess. I, I turned to Kai and said, this is the wrong move. Yeah. But, again, <laughs> unfortunately they have me far, far away from the decision making. <laughs> 
All right, let's get over. Uh, Brent, I know you talked a little bit about the secondary and what they were able to do. We um, saw Cisco force a fumble and then also uh, Tyson Campbell's interception. We think he's going to have a big year. And I know this was fourth down anyway, right? So I guess it wouldn't have mattered. But um, this interception here from him and, and what we were able to see the defense as a whole, they really kind of saved the day. Yeah, I thought secondary was terrific. Again, this is not the most explosive offense in the NFL, especially on the outside but they did their job. This was a huge play. Again, this is what you do when you win in the fourth quarter. You put the game away with a play like this. Tyson said he tried to bait him a little bit and, and good ball skills. Mm -hmm. John, this is one of my favorite guys that I've covered in 15 years here good in Jacksonville. Kid. Really good kid. Because though, you could see the maturation mm -hmm. of him. Mm -hmm. The first half of his rookie season wasn't pretty. Heck, the first half of last year, everybody's wondering if he's gonna get his head turned around on, on ball so he can right. make interceptions. Nobody's asking that anymore. Nope. And it, I haven't looked this up yet, but if you go back probably to the last, I'd say, eight games of last year and now this one, mm -hmm. you're starting to see Tyson Campbell make big plays, mm -hmm. get his hands on the football, force fumbles, pick up fumbles, get interceptions. This kid's a good player, man. This is what you have to do when you're playing a young quarterback. And it was second and ten. Uh, all game, it looked to me like the Colts smartly kept Richardson in situations where he was over his feet, I like to say, didn't have to do things he didn't want to do. All of a sudden, for the first time, you're down. You're down by, what was it, four? Or, uh, or three. Or three. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden, it's not as applicable to take the short pass. He goes downfield into a defense that he doesn't want to throw into, and finally they get the pick off of him, and it turned the game. Uh, that's the reason you think you're going to beat rookie quarterbacks is because of plays like that, and the Jaguars got it. And you have to take advantage when given that opportunity, yeah. and they absolutely did. And, it, and a big-time play by Tyson. I mean, oh, for sure. The, there are, um, he has turned himself in in his third year. He's now a veteran corner and one of the core guys on this franchise. Uh, we're going to end things with that clincher for us. Uh, ETN, who we just talked about, had a quiet, great day. This last play was not quiet from him to bounce on the outside and just find open space. John, it, we, did we think he could do this? I know we've been talking about Tank a little bit, and we did talk about ETN, but just what he's been able to do this season so far, and even in preseason, like just the flashes. Well, this was impressive, because remember last year, I must have asked him two or three different times during the season in the locker room, you know, he would, be, he would get so close to taking to the house. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, he goes the whole game where he doesn't, and then when the opportunity is there, calmly finds the hole, and then accelerates right there. I mean, yep. I, I thought this, because you felt like it was about to be over anyway, Brinks, if you were going to kick a field goal. Maybe this play gets lost a little bit. I thought that was an impressive run. It's the kind of run that gets backs to the numbers they want. Yeah, good call. Because all of a sudden, you've had a game where he had, what, 50? And he has 126-yard run, and it's 70, and now you're on pace to do what you want to do. Those are important to those guys, not that day, but on Tuesday when they start looking at their numbers. Yeah, it is. Those matter, so now he's got 70 and, and a touchdown. I, uh, I, again, I overlooked it a little bit because I liked the way the Bigsby was playing so much during the preseason and you didn't see Travis a whole lot. Uh, bad on me for forgetting how good this kid is. Nobody's coming out of this game thinking, wow, Jags, uh, their running attack is unbelievable. <laughs> but two of the biggest plays I think it's in, be, it's what we two of the biggest plays in the game were the runs. Again, Bigsby down to the one-yard line and then ETN finishing it off. And, Listen, he's, he's got special, special talent, and he also knows how to take right. a hit. Nobody's going to give him enough credit for how tough he is. He's, he, ETN's a tough dude. He keeps getting hit hard. It's I don't the like biggest it. But. 
It's the biggest surprise about him that I didn't know uh, come out of college. Last year, he was a rookie seven, eight different times. This kid runs hard. Um, credit to Doug and, and Press. Everybody in, the, everybody in the league knows that you have to stick with the run to make it work. Yep. Sometimes guys go away from it. I, I was getting emails from fans <laughs> all day saying, what are they doing? Guys, stop running. Stop. You, if you don't keep doing it, you don't get plays like they did at yep. the end. It takes veteran patience and, and maturity as a play caller to stick with it when it's not working. Let me add one thing there, and you're going to say because I'm picking on the offensive line. I think they had to stay with the run to keep them honest a little bit yeah. because they were getting beat up front at times. I do not want to be in the locker room when you walk in with the offensive linemen. This week. <laughs> Those are big men. They are not going <laughs> to like this. Yeah, that's, we've got to be old, old negative Brent. How dare you? All right, coming back, we got our hot takes. Hot, hot takes. Stay with us on Jags AM. Jags fans, you can sign up your furry friend for Jaguar's official four-legged fan club for pets presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the 2023 season. Visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club to sign up today. All right, we're doing hot takes here. We're going to start off with John. We're going mild to hot around this, around this couch here. So, John, you go first. What was your hot take for today? Well, hooray for me. You know, and, and you know, uh, Some people like mild wings. That's it's just the way it works. It's so okay to go. win that way in week one. And, I, you know, <laughs> beyond that, I know we've talked about it a lot. I actually thought they did a nice job of managing their situations, considering there was some sloppiness. I didn't feel like they panicked. Uh, they did a nice job in the first half of when they had to grind it out. They grinded it out and, and had a 14-7 lead and were a smidge away from having that thing being a 10-point game at half, which I think would have changed the dynamic in the second half. Uh, so I thought they managed that well. And then to stay calm in the fourth quarter when you're frustrated already because you're playing this Gus Bradley defense that really doesn't let you take the shots and get it. And then all of a sudden, with the offense almost flukily, now you're down by four. And you could have easily gotten frustrated, let it get out of hand, and they come back in the fourth quarter and do what everybody thought they would do all along and, uh, and take the game. It's been a theme all day for me. I, I think, it was, I think it, was, it, was, it was a professional win. It got them, and, and guess what? We're complaining about a team that's all alone in first place. I love it. A win's a win. I'm fine with it, too. Yeah. All right, Brent, what do you got? I'm Your not complaining, take. by the way. Defense of, complaining. Defensive player of the year, Josh Allen. How all about right. that? Let's do it. Uh, why not? Uh, remember Calais Campbell in 2017 had four and a half sacks against Houston to start the year. It was a monster game. He ended up being in the Defensive Player of the Year running the entire way. It was debatable. He didn't end up winning it. Josh is on a mission. Josh had three sacks, three tackles for loss. It was 10 tackles. He has a chance now because of a start like that to really stack up numbers. TJ Watt also had a hat trick. Obviously, he's a perennial uh, part of this conversation. The one thing about Josh Allen now is can he be consistent? Because that's the thing. He's had monster games for him. Remember Buffalo mm -hmm. a couple years back? And then it fell off the table. Can he be consistent? But this has been brewing. Last year, you look at He's all close. the metrics, all the numbers, and he said this year to us uh, in the preseason, got to hit the layups. Got to hit the layups. Well, he hit yeah. the layups yesterday. He's sure got did. three sacks. He's off to a terrific start. He's got the capability and talent to be able to do it. So what the heck? I've been all in on Josh's entire career. Yeah. I'm going all in right now. 
Defensive player of the year, Josh Allen. How about that? One thing about Josh, too, um, what he gives you that gets lost, and I get that it's, it's a sacks game. Um, even when he doesn't get sacks, he's really good against the run. Yeah. And yes. for an edge rusher, a lot of times you don't get that. It, it's either sacks or nothing. He's a force and a strength when he's not quite hitting the layup. So I guess my point is he never hurts you. True. It's just a matter of how much he helps you. And I think they have two outside backers like that, by the way. I think Trayvon's basically the same guy. Even when he's not getting sacks, they're stout on the edges because of those guys, and that's not nothing. The play that you remember yesterday actually mm-hmm. is the tackle for loss. Yes. When Josh I mean, yeah. smoked him. That was, I think arguably might have been his best. I know he had sacks in the game, but his tackle for loss was huge. Um, you inspired me. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do for my hot take. He is inspirational. Yeah. He is. I and I'm so glad you're with us. have years, so. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to double down. And I don't disagree with you about Josh having a good year, but I think it's going to benefit Trayvon. And I say that because I feel like Josh having these numbers out of the gate and doing what is best for the team, which is what Josh will ultimately do, will end up benefiting Trayvon on the other side of the ball. Because when people game plan for Josh, then Trayvon will get the remnants of that. And I think he's going to end up with more sacks than we expected. I do expect that second year jump from Trayvon. I'm going all in and pushing the chips in. This is the hottest of hot takes. I think Trayvon's going to have more sacks than Josh this year. Well, here's the deal, too, on that. I believe this defense is better, and Josh and Trayvon and those guys are going to get more production because they'll play with the lead more mm-hmm. because of the offense yeah. being yep. so good. That's what gives me more faith in the Jaguars' defense than a lot of folks out there. They didn't do that yesterday, mm-hmm. but now— And they still had the stats, and which I is impressive. I think they will more throughout mm-hmm. the season. Where you're going to be up two touchdowns or more of that late-game scenario we saw where you can go clean up some yeah, easy ones. It's going to be huge. I also, it seemed to me the Colts, uh, even though they got four, Richardson's not that easy to sack because they, to me, clearly had a game plan of getting the ball out of his hands yeah. and not wanting him to take them. So it'll be interesting to me to see how they do when they are when they are uh, a playing a less a less mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm where the teams are not so focused on let's not get this guy in, in bad situation. Are they playing a, a normal offense with a lead? Then you might really see what this team can do in terms of sacks. Well, a tough guy to sack comes into town this week in Patrick Mullins. Yes, he does. We'll have to see how things go with that. Stay with us. Coming up after the break, we go inside the locker room. We hear Doug Peterson's postgame speech. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. Hey, oh yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. One thing I know and I appreciate about you guys, it's four quarters, man. It's four quarters. And in these games, I don't care if they're division opponents or not, you understand what we talk about. You're learning, and we learned last year how to finish, and how to win games, how to go take games, okay? How to t- and that's, that's crucial right there. That's big. That's big, moving forward. That's an AFC South game. That's a win on the road, which we haven't done in a while here, which is congratulations. And, and, and guys, it took all three phases, did it not? Eggs, we had a great kickoff return. Great takeaways and a goal line stop. Offensively, we just figured it out. We just stayed with the plan, and we just figured it out, and we got in the end zone. TJ, hell of a run, TJ. Hey, let's go from here. Let's learn from it. Okay, let's learn from it. Let's clean it up. I know it's week one, but let's clean up the mistakes. 
Let's get ready for a tough physical home football game next weekend. But before that, let's celebrate. Hey, we got to get one before we break it down. Ready? One, two, three. Great job, fellas. Way to find a way. One and oh, we're on to the next. On to the next. Jags on three. One, two, three. A win is a win, and the teams want to know. Doug said in the middle there, they figured it out. It wasn't what they planned for, but they finished strong, and you know, sometimes that's the way things go. What are you guys most looking forward to to see out of them in week two? Is it consistency or, or a little bit of? Well, it's the Chiefs. I yes. mean, it's it's there's there's some benchmark games. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pick this because we have all week. Uh, I'm not going to say that I have it as nailed as I did last week's Brent. Um, but you got through the. You know, when I covered the Colts, Peyton Manning used to talk all the time that when he was a rookie, Jim Moore, the coach who'd been around forever, mm-hmm. emphasized with him, "It's really hard to win in this league. Don't take these for granted." I'll bet Doug said something along the lines to a couple of players yesterday because it's hard to win. They won, they got through it, and now you can sort of relax and play a game where you measure yourself a little bit. Uh, But this team, to get to where it needs to go, they have to win games this year consistently like the one they had yesterday, and then knock off a few of the elites, and then that'll put them in in a situation where they can play for seeding at the end of the season. Any chance I get, I just uh, continue to rave about Doug Peterson. The job he's done, uh, second half of last year into this year already, it's it's unbelievable and it shouldn't be dismissed and it should never be taken for granted because it's unreal how quick he's flipped this franchise, the mentality, the expectations. And it's happening in Jacksonville. Like, it is happening right in front of us. Like, everything you want to happen, the growth of the quarterback, the franchise quarterback, this team believes they're good and this place is going to be rocking on Sunday. Sold out crowd, everything. I don't know who it's bigger for. Doug, Trevor, the fans... It's, yeah, but you have a chance now to go to two and zero. KC would be zero and two. So all those things that you talk about, you've essentially got the a year. two and a half game leader, the defending champs, if if you win this one. So it, it's big on that front. Doug, to your point, this feels Brent for the first time since you and I have been around it uh, uh, together for twelve years. It feels like an established franchise. Mm. Um, he, to me, is the biggest reason that's true. It's a lot easier to go with the flow when you're happy with the captain of the ship, at least in my experience. So Doug will lead the way as we get ready for Chiefs Week coming up. We're happy. We're 1-0 going into Week 2. See you on Jags AM here on Wednesday.